What's going on, everybody? This is Jerome Moore, host and creator of Deep Dish Conversations. And firstly, I want to say thank you for all of support and thank you for exploring the perspectives of social change with me on this platform. I want to encourage you all to like, subscribe, and follow us on YouTube and on your favorite podcast listening platform. And make sure you give us a five-star rating if you're loving the Deep Dish Conversations. I appreciate all of the support again. I hope you all enjoy this episode. This is Deep Dish Conversations, a series in which I, Jerome Moore, sits down with prominent figures in Nashville, Tennessee to talk about social issues over amazing deep dish pizza. Deep Dish Conversations models how to have conversations about deep issues around racism, housing, policing, poverty, and more. Plus, you will get an idea for where to get your next slice of pizza from. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy Deep Dish Conversations. What's going on, everybody? This is your host of Deep Dish Conversations, Jerome Moore, and welcome to another amazing episode. And as I always say, each episode is amazing. Uh, and I'm really excited about this one. Uh, today we have Will Akoff. Akoff. Uh, Akoff. I want to put a little Akoff on there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. We get that a lot. We get that a lot. Akoff. It's just literally Akoff. 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 Will Akoff, yeah. uh, who is the um, co-founder and executive director of Corner to Corner based here in Nashville, faith-based organization. We're going to get into that. And like, I'm really, uh, me and Will, I already been talking. He was videoing me when he pulled up. <laughs> I don't know who's doing the, the, who's doing the interview right now, but uh, we've never met in person, but I followed Will. He has an amazing story and just has an amazing presentation. And if you don't really do your research, um, you probably have a misconception about Will. Um, maybe some white saviorism, uh, possibly, just because of what you see on the surface. But if you look into his his uh, his journey and his experience and what he does, then everything unfolds. And that we're gonna do today, and just the impact that he has on like neighbors and community here in Nashville. That's why we're here. But we're gonna get real deep. I, I appreciate uh, you being here, Will. How you been? Yeah, How's man. Life? Let's let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> let's let's talk white saviorism. Like let's let's go let's go deep fast. Before the pizza it. gets here, because once let's, the pizza gets here, I'm gonna chill look, out a little look, bit. Let's get into it so as i explained to will if you look at will on the surface white man has a faith-based nonprofit in nashville that primarily helps people of color black black people in low social economic areas um father wife has an adopted black child with Mm -hmm. special needs Mm -hmm. um disability um and Christian faith based and he yep. and he helps and he helps people. So on the surface <laughs> and he helps so on the surface that that spells like in capital letters like white savior all yeah. the way. Yeah. Like prime, like that's top notch <laughs> white savior is Yeah, like an after school special movie. This is like a Hallmark the, special. The only thing yep. that like out of one out of ten, the only reason why like is it would be like a nine point five out of white saviorism is because you adopted domestically. Yeah, twice, 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 and so if it wasn't for that, if you would have went to, you know, I would have been a full ten out of ten. It would have been full, a full twelve. He's checking all the boxes. This guy thinks he's the great white hope. Right. It's it's so like on the surface when you when you when you see that he's like like it's got to be something more, right? And after doing my research, it is definitely something more. And so um, let's get into that. So. Let, let's talk about white saviorism and how you how do you avoid that? Like how like what how did you make sure you don't check off those boxes? And of course, people have their own perceptions. For but sure. how do you internally yeah. know like what I'm doing and how I'm doing it? 
it's out of like the real goodwill of me wanting to not like kind of help people but build people up yeah that's what I, and i really try to get away from that word help but like yeah. build power with people because when i'm going or you going people can still move and do their thing start like continue their businesses and things that corner to corner yep. does that aren't putting us at the center of their story right Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got a lot of answers to this question. <laughs> Depends on where you want to go, right? I'll, I'll start from a kind of a really nerdy answer, which is what I would describe as having an asset-based community model okay. instead of a needs-based, okay. right? Because the needs-based says, look at this neighborhood. We see XYZ problems, and we assume we know how to fix it, and right. we're going to bring in a uh, middle-class efficiency framework to fix XYZ, right? right? And often that also means we're going to bring in um, white supremacy. We're going to bring in right. standards that are um, developed for the white community right. um, in mind. Right. And that good is defined on how we define it, right? right? Um, right. That's and, and paternalism can sometimes be in with and under that vibe, right? Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to that, on the asset-based model, you start from a different approach. Right. And you say, what is already happening that's incredible? Right. Right? And how do we amplify the good? Right. Right? Um, and so shifting that position of mindset doesn't guarantee you're going to get away from the white saviorism, right? Right. But it does mean you're starting from a much better position. Right. So that'd be kind of my first answer. An example of this is like um, literacy rates in Nashville, right? Right. Two-thirds uh, two of our kids aren't reading at grade level. Right. That stat hasn't moved significantly in over 20 years, right? Right. And that primarily affects low-income communities. Right. Which in Nashville, right, right. Um, means black and brown kids. Right. Uh, and so you could start with uh, the problem. Right. Or you could say, um, hey, our kids are amazing and creative right. and are making content on every social platform you can think of. Right. And... Uh, grown-ups are sitting at home going, this is amazing, right? right I don't right. understand how any of this works, right? right? So so we can start from the asset-based, oh my gosh, incredible creators. Right. How can we get at the literacy challenges through this amazing asset of youth creativity? Right. Right? Those kind of things then put the kid front and center right. versus the kid is the problem or right. the kid is the victim. Right. right? Um, so that's what I mean by the asset-based. And then you have you all have like a scene to script to screen script to screen. So yeah. that's kind of like using that like the the, the movie the content, yep. but being able to develop literacy in a fun way for you, which I think is super dope. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, the logistics of that program are like I was showing up over and over and over again at rec centers, and mostly trying to convince kids to spend time reading, right? right. And kids were like, "For real? Like, leave me alone." <laughs> I got this movie. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a movie. Yeah, I got something else yeah. going on. I got TikTok. I've got you know whatever's happening here. Right. And I showed up with a camera one day, and kids were like, "Oh, are you a YouTuber?" And I was like, "I'm almost 40. Like, what's a YouTuber?" <laughs> right? Like, I had to Google it. Right? That's how like the the age gap. And then I saw that, and I was like, "That's incredible." How do we copy right. that love of creation right. and YouTube right. and content and paste it onto reading? Right. Right. And that's what gave birth to Script to Screen was reading Black Panther, Spider-Verse script while simultaneously right. watching the movie. And then from there, working on their own movies. Um, this is a quick plug, I think, a connection that should happen if it hasn't already happened with yep. the National Public Library. Yes, Has, we've had some early dialogues, okay. but then COVID happened. Okay. And, you know, like um, we were talking about, COVID stalled a lot of stuff. Uh, Elizabeth 
Oh, Liz, I'm sorry. I'm blanking on your last name. You can edit this part out Attic, for you. Attic something. But Liz. Yeah. Um, I, I, I worked with her in an adult literacy program. And, yeah. But I know they do it. They're like, and they're super like passionate yeah. and genuine about like literacy in Nashville. Yeah. Um, and like whatever I can do to like yeah. to facilitate oh, sure. that and connect we'll, that. We'll definitely have yeah, some yeah, dialogues. Yeah. Um, okay, but, cool. but to circle back to the like my personal mm. answer to the white savior thing, right? Um, and you brought up as soon as I as we met <laughs> in the back, you were talking about my trip to Nairobi. Um, the real story for me is came to faith at age six, mm-hmm. raised as I'm a pastor's kid, right? Right. And always, but raised outside of Boston, where my whole family had moved there to start a church, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> Sole that, purpose. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. To, that was um, that started in the office of a gas station, right? We're not wow. talking fancy. We're talking like bring your own chair, right? Right. right. Uh, maybe your tambourine. We're gonna <laughs> right. get this bring, rolling. Bring everything that you <laughs> what you would need to worship <laughs> the way you yes, need to worship. Because we don't have anything here. Um, but I saw that grow like mm-hmm. crazy from like eighty-five to ninety-five, and. Um, I saw gospel as like lived out adventure right. towards love of God and love of neighbor. Right. Um, and when I came to college in the South, so I went to NC State, right. that was the first time I was really um, in the mix with like Southern church culture. Okay. Right. And it was kind of a shock to my system. Um, but, but, and that's <laughs> really? a whole other. It shocked you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's a whole other trajectory, right? But the white saviorism thing, I had grown up with like some. Um, solid doctrinal truth right but i would say i had no theology of love of neighbor okay right um awesome i i would describe uh what i had been taught as um again some really solid stuff but love of neighbor was essentially share the gospel right right? or occasionally go on a mission trip for like five days that makes you feel great right that is fully white saviorism (laughs) Right. right Um, where there's no relationship, right. where it makes you feel better, right. probably victimizes somebody. Take some um, good pictures. Yeah. Ta- well, back then, no well, camera no, phones. No camera right. phones. Yeah. So it was like, r- wind up your camera, right. you know. Uh, <laughs> Kodak moment. Yeah. So th- and I thank goodness there weren't digital cameras back then <sighs> uh, or social media for, for my youth. I, I got this. <laughs> I was spared that. Um, but... I definitely had that mindset, didn't know I had that mindset right. until um, I got uh, a chance to go on this trip to Nairobi led by an epidemiologist from mm-hmm. UNC who was an expert in um, the spread of the HIV AIDS pandemic right. um, and all the factors that influence that. And so for six months prior to going on that trip, we met at his house, he and his wife, and she was a general practitioner. Um, and so we met at their house and we read doctrinal papers, we read economic papers, we read things about like how North American policy influences sub-Saharan African poverty, right? Mm. Like stuff that I'd never heard about, right? right? Just oblivious. Right. Um, and then we went to Nairobi and we all divided up. So it wasn't like, we're gonna stay in this nice hotel and you're gonna, right? right? It was like, I was staying with a Kenyan family on the edge of this slum right. with no running water. I'd never been out of the US before. It was immersed. Yeah, it was immersed. And my worldview <clears throat> dissolved. Yeah. Right? Blew up is probably a better phrase. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember coming back from that trip um, and almost having like a visceral, like vomiting right. when I walked into my parents' 
middle-class home. Right. It had never seemed opulent before. Right. And now it seemed opulent. Right. And I was like, if this Jesus is real, right. if that's who I say I follow, right. this cannot also exist in the world. Right. Like this much brokenness, this much disparity. Right. Um, and it was one of those moments where like it's cliche like white kid has to go to africa to realize poverty's real right, right? like that's a that's <laughs> right that's a trope right? right guilty of that moment right um but it led to not a i am going to fix it led to i am going to learn right right mm, um that's, that's that's different totally different that's different and and how i know that's different and that nairobi like that Nairobi trip when I when I when I was doing my research and heard about that, that was what put me over the like like oh I really need to talk to Will because I had a similar experience while doing Peace Corps. Yeah. As far as like being just at the, we 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 American. Yeah. We, 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 like no matter what mentally like because culture is also how you think. Yeah. You know, and I think as an American, right? Yeah. Going into Peace Corps, I learned going to small pueblo little village. I learned that relationship building, they tell you the first three months in your site, don't even do anything. Just get to know the people, yep. right? And yep. do like what they call is a needs assessment mm-hmm. and learn. Yep. Don't do it. Don't act, don't think you have the answers. Yep. Just because you have a fancy U.S. degree, yep. you, you know, you, you, yep. you, you dress better. You feel like you're coming from a more developed place. Just learn. Mm-hmm. And like when I heard you talk about that on other platforms or how like you learn and not try to fix would yep. not try to create something new. Yeah. Really, like, I spoke to me on, like, a real personal level because, like, he gets it. Like, that's exactly, like, what yep. it is. Yeah. And and from there, like, that's there were lots of failed attempts at learning. Right. 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 Some but of that's it, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so it's, okay. Yeah. Well, but, and, and that gets at something that I'm really passionate about is an idea, um, cultural humility. Right. Right? Like, when you have, when you move towards neighbors with cultural humility, you right. come with a heart of learning right. and a posture of I don't know. Right. Show me. Right. Um, and it might take some time, right, right to develop trust right. and long-term relationship, but you get away from that savior mentality. Right. You get away from that hero mentality. Right. Um, and you get into what we describe at Corner Corner as a neighbor-first approach, right? And like if we want to really go here, right? This is yeah. what I'm like yeah. super passionate about is yeah. the white Christian, especially evangelical world has historically had a, we have the answers, we can fix you right. and we can fix you quickly. Short term. And we're going to yeah, short term, but also move at the speed of efficiency, right. not the speed of relationship. Right. Right. Um, and the way nonprofits have been structured, both in terms of leadership, methodology, but also most critically, I think in terms of fundraising, right. we have this tragically broken model right. that I think we can, um, we can destroy and rebuild. And, and specifically what I'm talking about is like, um, so I, in the course of all this learning, I got my master's in biblical theology so I could understand and talk better about this stuff. Right. Um, and one of the things they talk about is the anthropology of man, right? Okay. Like who is mankind right. per the way the Bible describes it, right? right. Genesis to Revelation, what do we see? Um, and what, what the Bible describes is we're created in the image of God, right? right. Um, so on some level, more beautiful than we can fathom, right? right? One theologian put it like this, like you've never met a mere mortal, right? right? So you can imagine like we right. should be freaking out about each other. Right. Like when I see a new human, I should be like, right. you're incredible. 
people. Right. Like, there's another one over here. <laughs> right. Have you seen this guy? Right. 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 We should be on some level having that experience of each mm. other, right? But simultaneously, the Bible talks about we're broken, right? Right. We hurt ourselves. We hurt those who we're closest to. Right. We hurt our community, right? But we're both of those things. Right. We're not one or the other. We're both. Right. Um, and in the nonprofit fundraising world, right? Think about like, have you ever been to one of those fundraising banquets? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You just sighed. <laughs> yeah. He just he just yeah, sighed. I've been, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's I think the proper reaction to a fundraising banquet. <laughs> yeah. It's like the chicken will be bad, and I'm gonna feel awful. Right. 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 Um, but the way those fundraising banquets work, right, in the Christian world is. Um, we rip this image of man apart. Mm-hmm. So one person, the donor, gets to come in bearing the image of God and right. the image of wealth in the world. Right. And one person gets to come in bearing the image of victimhood, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the image of brokenness. Right. And it creates distance and pity. Right. And it says, hey, donor, you get to be the hero. Right. Right. And it's nothing It's nothing different than the, like, the typical Cadillac commercial, right? Right. Exactly. Like, you see the Cadillac commercial, it's like rakish young man, loosens tie, beautiful city street, hops into his Cadillac, Cadillac. and in seconds, he's on like a mountain road, right? right? And you're like, where does dude live? Like, how close is the city to the mountains, right? And how uh, does the Cadillac get like Yeah. And how is his... How, his parking was amazing. How did he not get towed or booted, right? Um, but then he's driving, and you're watching. You're like, I'm kind of like that dude, right? right? Like, I'm master of my domain. Right. And then he pulls into this modern home. Right. And a supermodel walks out right. with this much bourbon. Right. right. It's like just perfect. And he kind of knowingly looks at the camera like, yeah, right? right. And you see I'm that. I'm a Cadillac man. I'm a Cadillac <laughs> man. And you go, I want to live that life. I want to be the hero of that story. <laughs> right. And then the same thing happens in the nonprofit world. We say, hey, donor, right. you can be the hero. You can be the savior. Right. And what we've not done is create neighbors. Right. We've created a hero and a victim. Hmm. Right. And it opens wallets and it funds programs, but it's abhorrent. Right. And it needs to die. Right. Right. We need a better model of storytelling right. that says, no, no, no. We are going to bring people together, right. um, showing that everybody here right. has something to give and something to receive. Right. Well, man, and you know, <clears throat> a lot of people may not understand and know this, but even the structure of just nonprofits and the funding, it's, it's still all embedded in white supremacy. Oh, 100 percent and you're still trying to convince people that white supremacy is real (laughs) right no this is i can't tell you i frequently have conversations where people say um and it's heartbreaking to me right Right. where they say hey you guys talk about race too much and jesus too little so Mm. i'm out okay um and i'm like what bible are you reading right that you can come to that position right um yeah and it's heartbreaking man that's crazy Wow. Is that, I guess, I don't know, I guess it's more comfortable to talk about, like, things from a Jesus-only lens and not, like, bring in, like, other realities. Um, yeah, or act like we're just, just spiritual just, floating right, bodies, right. not in physical. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. That's that's a new one. But wow. So when you, when you get those type of um, statements and people yeah. are brought, like, how, like, so... What does that do for you internally? <laughs> like my own emotional experience of that? You Weeping like- and sorrow? <laughs> like, I, you know. No, in all seriousness, it is heartbreaking, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, I, there's a part of me that's just sad. 
Right. And there's a part of me that wants to react in anger. Right. And like slam somebody. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> um, and honestly, that's the easier emotional reaction. Right, right. Is to condemn. Right. Right. But I'm so convinced personally of Jesus' abundant mercy and grace. Right. That how dare I say like, you don't get it? F you. You right. know what I mean? Right. Um, and so I try. Um, I've got good friends to talk this mm-hmm. out with. I've got Tiffany to talk it out with. Right. Um, but I tried to say, I'm, and by the way, I'm, Tiffany is his wife, which yeah. is also the other co-founder. Yeah, Corner co-founder. To Corner. Yeah. So just put that plug in. Yeah, there. yeah, Hey, yeah. Tiffany. Amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I try to say like, um, I'm not gonna let you make me an enemy. Right. Right. Um, and I would love to go deeper on this dialogue with you. Right. And maybe hear some resources. Right. For you, um, but I'm also not gonna get into the culture war arguments right. that I think you're ultimately wrong right. and you're wasting my time. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, but I'm, so I'm not going to be mean about it and hate right. you, but if you're not willing to engage intellectually, if you're just going to... I'm not going to let it hold me up. I got to keep not going. At all. Yeah. And I, there's this great line from Jesus where he says, wisdom is proven right by her actions. Right. Right. And it's like, haters going to hate. Yeah, okay. Haters, haters, yeah, haters going to hate. It's still yeah. a Tuesday. Yeah. We got stuff <laughs> going on out here. Yeah. Right. And if your money's not going to come... This is another nerdy thing we talk about internally at Corner to Corner is our fundraising philosophy is right dimes over wrong dollars. Okay. And we're willing to have less money or even go out of business to do this in a way that is honoring to the values we hold, the way we understand God's mission in the world, and the way we want to love neighbors. And if you're telling me I got to raise funds and hurt my neighbors at the same time, F that. Right. No, we're done. And that's that's powerful because... You know yourself, you know who you are, you know who Corners to Corner is, and there's no like wiggle room to like no. compromise. No. There's no and 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 I think we're all at some point in, in time, especially in this work, like tested in that way. Like whether mm, let's see if I can throw some money at him or her, or let's see like how far they're willing to move away their core values mm-hmm. and um, who who they who they say they are and yep. how they project themselves. So that's that's a real big thing for me. I will stop everything like cold turkey if I feel like it's compromising or if I know it's compromised who yep. I am or will compromise who I am and what I stand for. Like, yep. I, like it, it, it's not even anything I need to think about. Like, oh, like, let's, it might be a, it might be a professional way. I might need to go about it. Yep. But, oh, it's happening. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're <laughs> yeah, done here. Yeah, yeah, we're done here. Yeah, yeah. we're done. Yeah. And, and that's like, that's a, <laughs> that's a biggie for me. Like, uh-huh. that's a, that's a huge, Absolutely. And, and I respect anybody, no matter what it is, you know, I would say anybody that can draw that that hard line and stick to it and not be compromised mm-hmm. because that's just that's, one is not hard to do and it's like I like to put it as I, I took the stairs in life you know mm-hmm. I didn't take the elevator the elevator yeah. is you can compromise you can be what people want you to be to fit into yep. that moment to rise up yep. or you know to to plateau or whatever that may be yeah. um, but I had from an early age I'm like ah, I think I'm gonna kind of just yeah. do things like my own way and whatever comes with it come with it but yeah. I, I but I know at the end of the day I know I was true to myself yep. and I didn't let anybody compromise that yeah. uh, for any amount of money or any amount yeah. of benefits or whatever it may yeah. be um, and so nah nah that's yeah. man you're, all, you're awesome Will like I really <laughs> Like this, like it's, it's on so many levels. In ah, oh, we gotta no, get thanks, to some other man. stuff. I'm, I'm curious before we get to other <clears> stuff. <throat> what got you to that deep conviction for yourself? Man, I'm gonna tell you. Uh, I think I was around. I was in MTSU. Yeah. 
Uh, what year are we talking? Uh, how old am I now? I'm 30 now. So this was so, 2000. Here, I'm, I'm you about to. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, look good for thirty. Yeah, exactly. Look. I've been using uh, this new moisturizer uh, I got, man. You gotta give me a secret. What uh, water are you drinking? <laughs> Fresh from Nairobi. You brought some. Yeah, you brought exactly. some good, some good stuff back. Some artisanal, yeah. handcrafted. Um, yeah. But no, I was like two thousand and eight, two thousand nine, because I was about like eighteen, nineteen years old, mm-hmm. and so. Um, I got it, and I was already rebelish. I was already like, I want to do things my own way anyway, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I remember I was having a like, it was some extracurriculum like, like uh, meeting or something with an African American studies teacher. Yeah. Uh, and we was talking about something with jobs. We was talking about like something with that in like presentation and stuff like that. Yeah. And she was projecting her uh, conditioning yeah. and what we should look like talk like be like oh. to be successful yeah like here's how you do code switching kind right, of well right, kind right. Of how, this is how you conform yeah. to white supremacy right yeah, pretty yeah, much yeah. and i don't and, and at the time I, I i couldn't even tell you those yeah. terms and phrases i wasn't familiar i was fresh you know out of high school didn't know i was just going to yeah. college because i feel like I, that's what i needed to do i didn't like really understand the true purpose of college even at that yeah. time right and so uh but i knew some of my i was like you nah, felt that tension. Yeah, like, yeah. no, nah, why do, why, how come I can't go into a, a, a place or interview like this? And if I don't, mm-hmm. that jeopardizes me getting a job, yeah, right? I can't be fully or, me. Yeah, I can't be fully me, right? And not knowing at the time, I understand, I understand what she was saying as far as like, well, you first of all, you're a black male. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, you already got every, everybody, the, you know, one of the biggest threats, if not the biggest threat to the world. And you have to perform if you want to be successful. Yeah. But what she didn't, what she shouldn't have done is gave us the op, like the like two scenarios. Like, hey, this is the one of the routes you could be to yep. kind of be comfortable in this white supremacy society that we live in, or you can be your complete self, and yep. these might be some of the barriers that come with it. But hey, yeah, that's yeah. okay. But she didn't do the latter. She yeah, just yeah, yeah. projected the one, and I knew right then we got into a huge debate. About it, right? Like, <laughs> like, we didn't. I don't think. I don't. I, we didn't. I didn't see her after that. It's like, it, like she became a ghost to me in my life. But right yeah. then, at that moment, I knew, like, oh yeah, like this is. Like, yeah. I guess I'm just going to be taking the elevator in life because I just don't feel comfortable, and it didn't make sense to me on why I needed to look yeah. and dress a certain way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in order to be successful, in order to get what I want. And so, like, like yeah. So that's when I knew. Like yeah. and, I, and I, of course, like mentally, I matured in other ways. Yeah. Like prior to that moment, but that was the moment that I know I remember. Like, oh yeah, like yeah, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just gonna be what it's gonna be. I guess I won't be getting the job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll be creating my own job. Yeah. And so, so yeah, man, that that was the like the moment the when I like moment. the crystallizing moment. Yeah. Um, for me, when I realized, yeah. like, oh yeah, like yeah, I'm doing my own thing. And yeah. so it was, and it's empowering. Yep. And I try to like when anytime I speak to youth, especially, I try to like break it, especially black men, black young boys. Yeah. I try to break it down to them and say, "Hey, look, you can wear your hair this way, you can beard and everything." Yeah. Like, and I and I encourage that, but these are the realities of possibly being your fully self in this society in the yeah. United States. Yeah. You will run into X, Y, Z. Right. right. Yep. And that don't mean you need to conform or anything that, but these are just a reality. So don't be yep. shocked. And there will be a point. <laughs> Where you're, you're, you're like who you are is tested, and I've had uh-huh. friends um, 
when I was in the Peace Corps, you know, they had dreads and stuff. It's like, man, I'm cutting my hair because, you know, I'm trying to, you know, get into foreign services and things like that. Yeah. And I was like, ah, and I had dreads at the time, too. I was like, ah, I wouldn't do that, but that's me. And I knew I was a little, yeah, yeah. little different. But I was yeah. like, hey, I didn't, like, demonize them or anything like yeah. that. It was like, hey, that's what you want to do. But yeah. I, some of them got the job, some of them didn't. Yep. Was it because they cut their hair or not or whatever? Maybe so, maybe not. Yeah. But it's like, I, I like, yeah, I like whatever yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be. So. Yeah. For me, that that was the definitely crystallizing moment. I've been that way ever since. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that idea of you can make the decision you want to make, mm-hmm. um, but have wide open awareness right. of the choices and right. how the game is laid out. Right. Right. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and look, we finna get into this piece of wheel. Yeah, I'm. I'm about Will, this. Will is the first person to ever come on deep just conversations and get only cheese. Just I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> I'm a I'm a sober vegetarian. I'm like super boring at a party, man. It's like, uh, I uh, no no meat and no no booze for me. Well, I don't drink, but I definitely eat uh, pepperoni. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, somebody asked me, they're like, why are you a vegetarian? I was like, so I could be more self-righteous? They're like, yeah. <laughs> That's not the real answer. What's going on, everybody? This is your host and creative Deep Dish Conversation, Jerome Moore. And I know you're enjoying this episode that you're watching currently. Make sure you hit that notification button and hit subscribe so you won't miss any of these amazing episodes. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for all of support. And continue watching the episode. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. use your muscles. Yeah, just like that. And then uh, that was to pick up the pan. So ah. I just picked it up with my hand because... It wasn't hot. Cool. Uh, and then you just, you know, I love slice this, it all man. up. You know, I've never been here before. I, I, uh, Most down, people haven't. Downtown has become a place, I feel like, if you're, <laughs> if you're, because I've, I've been in Nashville 15 years. It's definitely like my grown-up home, you know? Right. Um, and nowadays, I feel like downtown is only for the tourism industry <laughs> or for jobs downtown. Right. Yeah. No, no, I, I totally agree. I didn't, you know, I, I was born and raised here. Yeah. And um, I didn't realize how white Nashville was uh, mm-hmm. until I got older and, like, started, like, coming downtown and, like, really seeing because I was mm-hmm. in my North Nashville bubble. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, like, church, like, my family church, like, went to Temple. So everything yeah. around me oh, was yeah. just, like, you know, black. Yeah. Uh, the schools that I went to, and so I I didn't really understand yeah, didn't how know. Like, how super like how super of a majority like yeah. white people were in Nashville yeah, about sixty four percent yeah something like, like, yeah, that. like yeah like yeah and so um so yeah so Nashville is you know is is an interesting place which I want to get into with you as well because you you do a lot of um, economic power building development especially with entrepreneurs. And, you know, um, Nashville, it city, as they say. I don't know who it, it is for. Well, I actually do know who it is for, and it's not for everybody. But um, I think what you do is very powerful because I think corner to corner targets the people that are not included in the it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, in, and, and you had said something I heard as far as, you know, building small businesses and entrepreneurs is like could be like the pillars of like community. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I, I classify myself as like a community economic development specialist. You know, with all my international. I development love it. Let's and, go. Let's, let's talk all, about all it. The, all the all, all that I've, all the building I've done like domestically and internationally, and that's one of the things that like really stuck out to me the most. And and so like, can you talk about like that that program and mm-hmm. and, and and how did that get started and wanting to invest? You know, and I and I think the value of our is like a like twelve hundred hundred dollar value like 
course, but like you all is yep. like 125. Like it's very like way more than affordable. Yeah. Um, even if you just gotta find pennies in a couch, like you can like like mm-hmm. or like I'm pretty sure people donate or get scholarships. Yeah, yeah and we have like to that. be sustained so by donations. Point, yeah. Otherwise, we couldn't afford to exist. Yeah, and so yep. but like, can you can you speak on that a little? Because I just think that's amazing, and I think like that's so that's just empowering. Yep. Kind of talking about some of the things you was you were saying earlier. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And how's first, the pizza? How's the, first? How's I'm gonna do a commercial. <laughs> Hey, next time you're hungry for pizza, come to Gino's downtown. It's really good. This is fantastic. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so uh, where do you want me to start? Like the overview of the program, the economic development side, or the why of the program? Like which? The why. Yeah. Let's I want to care about the why. Yeah, if yeah. we start with the why. So simple premise, right? Jesus says, love your neighbor as you love yourself, mm-hmm. right? Um which is simple to understand, radically complicated to implement, right? Because from the minute my feet touch the floor, your feet touch the floor in the morning, we're trying to figure out how do I provide resources for me and my family, right? Um, And you think about that as like drawing a circle of love around you guys, right? And Jesus says, that's great, do that. Mm -hmm. But if that's all you're doing, it's way too small. It's gotta be bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, So don't just obsess about your kids educational future, mm-hmm. obsess about your neighbor's kids, right? Don't just think about your own bank account, right? Because like on average, how many times a week do you think you check your online banking? At least, if it's seven days in a week, at least seven times. Oh, that's at least seven times, right? right. I checked it, I think three times this morning, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, did the money come <laughs> in or not? Right. You know, can we make that run to Target, right? Right, right. Um, and we're meant to be that concerned about our neighbor's economic future mm. as we are about our own, mm. right? Um, so that's the why. Many of us are definitely not thinking like that. No, no, but that's the call of Christ. Right. Like, so I would, I would say if you are a Christian, if you are professing to follow Jesus, your life needs to be about this. Not just as a one-time only thing, mm-hmm. but as a lived out experience, right? That doesn't mean we get it perfect or always, right? Because we're not, we're not floating above the ground. Like, we're... we're we're complicated people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we are meant to be aimed in the direction of our neighbor. Um, so that's the why, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you look at Nashville, um, you know, Nashville, like most major cities in the U.S., the, our black neighbors have one-eighth the financial stability of our white neighbors. Woo. Right? Um, and that's true across all demographic ages, right? There's, if you want... We may, I can send you the, sh- the link you can put in the show notes. Yeah. This is um, from a report from the Federal Reserve from 2019, right? So, like, the data is there, backs us up. Right. Um, and so the question is, what do we do about it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's multiple economic solutions. There's higher wages. There's new job markets. There's training to get jobs at Oracle, whatever, right? Right. Lots of different ways to get at that. Um, but I think one of the critical ways is on neighbors' own terms. Right. Right? And so, like... Uh, having lived in the community, what I saw and experienced and still live in the community is neighbors doing three to five different things to make their economic year work, right? right. Like the myth of like the lazy person in the hood or whatever, like it's nonsense. That right. was like a Reagan, you know, talking point. Right. Um, the reality is like, oh no, like Miss Kelly over here is doing three to five things and she's going to make it work, right? right? Um, and so how do you take one of those things and... Uh, using basic business foundational ideas, right. grow that. 
and uh, have her define success. Right. Not me, not high growth, not Silicon Valley, right? right? Um, and, and then amplify that good. It goes back to the asset base thing, right? right? Um, and so from a practical standpoint, what that looks like is we have two big categories. Um, it's called the Academy. Right. Um, there's the, the primary Academy, which is a 10-week program using this curriculum we licensed that's now okay. used. We licensed it. It's in 80 cities right now. Wow. But we are their number one customer. So we're, we're the biggest in the nation with that curriculum. Wow. Um, where uh, it gives you all the things you need to know in terms of who's your target client. What problem are you solving for them? Right. You know, who's your comp competition? Right. Uh, how do you get them to know, like, and trust you, a.k.a. Right. marketing, right? right? What are going to be your startup costs, ongoing costs, legal right. structure? We get into all of that. Wow. And then we bring in guest speakers every week to increase both your knowledge base and your network because we know network is linked to net worth. Network. Right. Right. If we're going to break down economic segregation, we right. actually have to get people together. Right. Um, and so there's a lot of that, right? Okay. Um, and then we graduate this with this massive block party, like the the in-person one prior to COVID had over 500 neighbors there. Wow. Right? That's a block it's, party. Oh, no. And it's like, it feels like a family reunion mixed with mm -hmm. like a business expo, mixed with a <laughs> compassionate uh, pitch contest, right? right? And when I say that, I mean, this is the opposite of Shark Tank, right? right. <laughs> and, and what I'd say is the opposite of Silicon Valley. Right. And what I mean by that is like, we do need high growth companies. Right. I think they're important. They can employ a lot of people. But... The, the framework and the thinking doesn't work for front porch businesses. Right. Because that mentality says you better be incredible, right. your idea better be incredible, because right. that is what gets you in this room and keeps you in this right. room. And you better be able to make, potentially project, forecast this amount of money. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. You're, you're going to, I mean, all those things, right? Right. And what we're saying instead is, no, 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 what gets you in this room and keeps you in this room and gives you access to this training is because you are our neighbor. Right. And that's incredible. Right. You have value. Right. And now the framework we learn, that's just a tool set to pivot and change and work on different ideas. Right. Right. And that approach has led to what I would describe as like an empathy based model where we're actually like instead of I would say empathy over over competition. Mm -hmm. Right. So in that one class, you'll see, oh, I build websites. Awesome. I do events. Um, and I, oh, I, I need a logo. Right. right. And whatever it starts mixing it up. Right. And they're helping each other. Right. And their businesses are starting to grow. Right. Um, wow. And we've got lived examples out of that, like um, Carlos Parti, who with his co-founder launched the black market. Right. He's a graduate and a leader at the academy because wow. the classes are led by graduates. Wow. Right? Um, and their community located. So they're happening in family rec centers, right. resource centers, right. historic neighborhood churches. Limbo. Very limbo. Yeah. 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 And, and we're all over the place. Right. But then, like, Danielle McGee, who launched Black Business Boom, mm -hmm. she's a graduate and a teacher. And after teaching one of the academy classes, she saw all these um, business owners who needed access to more clients and access to technology. Right. And she started Black Business Boom. Wow. So, like... Didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. So, beautiful things have come out of that model. Right. Right? And it's get out of the way. Right. It's, this is somebody else's dream. Right. All you're doing is giving them a framework right. that's going to let them unlock some rocket fuel. But right. it's not about me. Right. And it's not about corner to corner. Right. Um, and then where we're going, like big vision, there's national data that says in Nashville, we have room for 10,000 more black-owned businesses. Wow. That would be $250 million Ooh. in the annual economy from the ground up. Wow. Right? 
So we want to make Nashville with partners, right? With right. some amazing people we partner with, not us, um, but in community. We want to make Nashville the number one city to launch or grow a black-owned business in the South, right? There shouldn't just be one Atlanta. It shouldn't be. It That's shouldn't crazy. Be one. Well, you know, they know what they call Nashville, the white Atlanta, so. I've never heard that phrase. <laughs> they call that the white Atlanta? What? Who calls it that? This is fascinating. From the black perspective, <sighs> like, you think about it, it's like, if you uh, look around downtown, Broadway, everything, like, mm-hmm. White people come here, visit here, they love it here, they stay here, they move here. <laughs> right? And Atlanta is like like the black mecca of like just like a business of like successfulness, entrepreneurship, like that's the hub. Film and entertainment. Yeah, film and entertainment mm-hmm. and like country music, like <laughs> like so like yeah, so that's how you get like, oh yeah, like yeah, Nashville is the the white Atlanta. Yeah. I've never heard that phrase. Can yeah. I, do I have your permission to steal it? You have and, my you have permission it, to steal it. Use it. It's not copyrighted or anything that I know mm-hmm. of or trademark. So, yeah. But, yeah, that is on the record. Nashville is the white Atlanta. And yeah. I don't think anybody would, would – would, no, I don't think nobody would disagree with that. No. No. Nobody would, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Um, if you – just go downtown. Just look. Just look around. Just mm-hmm. look downtown. And it's, it's the white Atlanta. And if you go to Atlanta and, P, like, Peachtree and all that, it's like, okay, yeah. 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 So, it's like, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But my, my argument is, like, we have the financial resources. Mm-hmm. We have the neighbors with creativity and dreams and passions and skills. Right. Um, what we seemingly don't have is maybe the, the corporate will or the political will to make it happen. Right. Right? Um, and so my mindset always goes to, like, I mean, like, the early days of the hip-hop movement, right? It was, let's get some speakers, set them up in the park. And run power back. Right. Right? And nobody cared much about that park. Right. So you're able to play music until right. three in the morning. Right. Right? Um, and there was nobody looking to ask permission. Right. Just just do it. Just do it. Right. Just and do so it. if we're not gonna see it happen from the structures, right, why don't we just do it? Right. Yeah, no, I agree. And have that vibe that right. kind of like yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm uh, definitely just this let's just do it. Like I'm not ain't nobody gonna be no sitting ducks and just wait. You just gotta no. you gotta make it happen. Mm-hmm. And um and <laughs> hopefully our, uh, our 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 you know um, local uh, government uh, here in Nashville will you know get on board and, and uh, put money in those type of programs and so those things can happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, you know, council persons and the mayor and you know all you other power you know broking decision making um, have power decision making. Folks out there, you know, hey, connect with Will. You go in the corner and let's let's in in other community and and let's get these black businesses uh, invested into and and so we can be the largest um, state or city in the South to to grow black businesses from the ground up. Um, Man, Will, this is is the piece is still good. Is it still your breakfast? Yeah, you talk for a while. I'm on. Yeah, (laughs) I'm gonna keep going. uh, I'm just gonna eat. I'm really interested in. and this is the second to the last thing I really want to talk to you about is the balance of work mm-hmm. and like family life. Um, as we as we yeah. talked about, we touched about a little earlier. Um, you have uh, a son and a daughter, and your son um, is special needs, mm-hmm. and so I don't know what that what that looks like, what that means um, in my personal day to day life. Um, 
but just hearing you talk about it on other platforms, I know it's not easy, and mm-hmm. I know it took some adjusting. Yeah. Um, as you grow, like you're growing your family, trying to grow corner to corner. Yeah. Um, and I know there's probably other folks out there that have maybe a child uh, with has a special need, and maybe feel like they have to just they have to stop everything, yeah. and it's impossible to grow a business or do anything, yeah. have other ambitions because that's that's like work like undescribable in itself yeah that could be you know you can have a program you can have it organized but sometimes it's just sporadic yeah. um yeah can you t- can you touch on that a little bit about just uh that process yeah. in your own maturity on dealing and ha- handling that and being able to still still build out corner to corner simultaneously. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd say from the first is um, coming to grips with the what I what I would describe as the the gift of limitations. Okay. Right. And I mean that like I think we in the American mindset we have this I will overcome triumphalism right. kind of vibe, right? Um, I know it's it's definitely in the white culture. I, I based on episodes of Shark Tank, I think it's just out there. Yeah, right? just, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we, I mean, how many <clears throat> Gary V videos or whatever else, right, are floating around that are like, just go out and crush it, yada yada yada, right? I have my mixed feelings about Gary V. Yeah. Um, I think what he says is powerful, but I I think too, he leaves out a lot of just social realities mm-hmm. that like, hey man, you like like. Yeah, some yeah. people. We're not yeah, all yeah. starting so, from the same place. Right, right. Yeah, some yeah. some of these hard workers are starting on third base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> some haven't even been up to bat yet. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, but what I what I mean is like, I think we can do meaningful things mm-hmm. in our families and in our communities um, while recognizing our weaknesses, right, and not being overcome by them, right. If we uh, take the approach of, you know what? I'm going to have some awesome days. I'm going to have some really hard days. And I'm going to be honest with myself about which are which. And I'm going to adjust my output. Right. Right? Like, um, and it, I mean, to use a cheesy metaphor, but like if you're climbing a mountain, right? Right. Um, maybe one night you don't sleep so well at your campsite, right? Right. So the next day you don't walk as far. Right. That's all right. Right. right? That's all right. But then the next day... It's perfect. Right. So maybe you pick up some mileage. Right. Right. And really having that um, freedom to give yourself that gift of limitations and recognize it. Right. Right. So I'd say mentally, that's like a really important part. And then practically, um, like for the work of Corner to Corner, it's really helped us in some beautiful ways to say we never wanted to make something about us. Right. Right. So if... My, if I need to be in bed by 8 o'clock because my son, in addition to some other things, has a sleep disorder, right. and I might be up from 1 to 4, right? right? Um, that means I'm actively looking for amazing talent right. to be out at that night thing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Versus kind of like, yeah, yeah, we'll get to it eventually. Right, right, right. right. And so an example, um, uh, and get into this further if you want, but like... Um, We've always said we want corner to corner to be community led from top to bottom, even at the highest levels. Right. And so like Shayna Berkeley, one of our academy graduates, became the director of the academy, grew that from three to ten sites, like wow. amazingly talented leader. Um, and I approached her and said, Hey, 
I, you should be the executive director. Right. Right? Like, right. Um, and there's a part of that that would still have happened, but would have probably happened down the road. Right. But part of the embracing the gift of limitations goes, right. you know what? Like, I don't think I am the right one. Right. To take this to the next level. Right. And I trust Shana's leadership and wow. ability that's going to allow me to be more present right. with serving my family. Right. right. Um, wow. That's, and, that's, and, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's amazing so many levels because I think we all have been around people or, or know of examples of people in leadership that's all about them. Um, yeah. And it's not about empowering other persons and, and knowing their own limitations. It's admitting like, hey, somebody else is better. I recognize like the greatness in other people and what they can do. And that person should be in my position mm-hmm. and not should use my skills and my neck or whatever I do to, to build the organization mm-hmm. in a different way, mm-hmm. in a different sector. So, man, that's, that's, that's amazing to hear. And it's amazing. And that lets me know that you do a lot of self-reflecting. <laughs> right. Probably, you probably do, too much. Yeah, no, but no, because it takes a lot of self-reflecting and just knowing limitations, and also wanting to build other people and knowing it's not like about you. And I was yeah. just, I was just telling uh, a friend of mine, it's like, hey, like eventually, I would love somebody else to like to host and do this. Yeah, that probably can do it better than me because I know, like, hey, I have limitations. There are people that can host things way better than I can, but also just give other people opportunities mm-hmm. to shine and do their thing while I go off and build something else and build yep. other people in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so I just think it's special people that think that way. And I don't know if it's just, I don't know if it's the Nairobi thing. We have international experiences and just, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what it is, but it's like, like you can, when people, you just know when people say certain things, they're like, oh, okay, they get it. Like they they went through something maybe similar or maybe like like just exactly what I've been through in life at certain certain point and just recognize it like yeah he gets it and will gets it will will gets it and so no that's that's amazing to hear because especially when you have something great people usually don't want to let it go be yeah. <laughs> like yeah. no I want to this is my baby I want to hold on to it yeah but yeah but I'm I mean. I genuinely believe that, like, Jesus lived, died, rose again, right. and one day, like, the restoration of all things is coming, right? right. And I'm going to get to sit at that banquet feast, right, with right. all these neighbors and right. have this never-ending party, right? right? Um, and that's not about me. Right. That's about, uh, that's, I, truly, that's about the glory of God. That's about right. the beauty in my neighbors, right? right? And so... How weird would it be right. to be like, I love my neighbor so much, but really this is me getting right. ego stroked, right? Right. right. Um, or like, yeah, the Will Show. And right. I'm just, I see the Will Show every day. It's right. boring. Like, I want to <laughs> see the other people show. Um, yeah. Um, two more questions for you, Will. Yeah. Um, and can I take this home? No, yeah, you like, can take. What's you the can rule take, here? You, you can take anything that you see of food. You can take all of this home. I want this. Yes, you can take like, that in home. my we'll life. Get the rest of go today. They're gonna put it together in a fancy little puzzle yes. thing because their boxes are like like a puzzle jigsaw. I, so I you have to it. have like different. You have to have different type of motor skills. <laughs> I love it. Um, what What does power mean to you when you think about power? Because and I and I bring this up because. Yep. Um, Jesus had a lot of power, has a lot of power. Um, you know, 
the United States military has a lot of power. Yeah, different kinds of power. Deeper kinds of power. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes the word power can seem threatening because of most of us think of a power in maybe a negative way because how yeah. we've experienced it or seen it and how people use their power, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Um, yeah, so power can uplift or it can crush. Right. And so yeah. um, what do you think about power and how do you use the power that you have uh, to better community? Yeah. I th- so I think one of the best things I've read on this is um, a book called Strong and Weak okay. by Andy Crouch. Okay. He's like a theologian and Christian thinker. Um, I really recommend checking out that book. Um, but one of the, the things he talks about is in how Jesus used power was that he had vulnerability mixed with authority. Um, and that when those are both happening, mm-hmm. some beautiful flourishing can happen. Mm-hmm. But when you get authority with no vulnerability, you get it's my way or I'll crush you. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Um, when it's all vulnerability, no authority, you get poverty right right you get people with no voice right right or when you get um sometimes even in a tragic situation you get people with neither mm-hmm. right or rather i'd put it more like this you get people who um give away their authority right in order to be uh to have a bubble life right. of fake protection right right and so it's like you think the strong man right. well, vote for this guy right. because he'll make us feel safer right and you're like whoa, like you bought into the lie, <laughs> right, you know? Right. And his argument is like, no, that balance between vulnerability and authority, that's like the sweet spot. Okay. So that's how I personally think about it. Okay. Um, and so, uh, yeah, using your power, no matter who you are, um, for the good of your family and for your neighbor, mm-hmm. um, and using your voice and understanding your voice and understanding your sphere of influence. Right. Um, not just for your own good, but also for the good of neighbor. If right. you're having that kind of framework, then beautiful things can happen. Right. If instead you're trying to have a protectionist mindset, right? Right. Like, and I see this now, right? Neighbors, neighborhoods are gentrifying all over Nashville, right? right? All over every urban center in the U.S., yes, right? Right. And you have almost two types of gentrifiers, right? I call them the capital G and the lowercase g, right? <laughs> you're all gentrifiers. Me too, right? right? I bought a house where I could afford in a low-income neighborhood, right? right? I'm a white middle-class guy. Yeah, right. like I'm a gentrifier. Right. I'd like to think I'm a lowercase g, okay. right? Uh, as, we'll, as we'll unpack. <laughs> but a, an uppercase g gentrifier is someone who comes in and goes, I'm going to build the biggest fence. I'm only going to be outside when I have to mow the lawn mm-hmm. or unloading groceries, right? right? I'm not engaging with the neighborhood at all, right. and I'm waiting for it to feel safe to me, right? right? Um, that's a castle mentality. Right. That's acting like you're under siege, right? right? Um, which is an awful way to live your life. It's right. not good for you. It's not good for your neighbor, right? right? And you're not using any of your uh, power right. in your job, in your economic position right. to actually learn what's going on in the neighborhood and right. move towards neighbors, right. right? Versus a lowercase g gentrifier comes in and goes, I really want to know my neighbors. Right. I want to know the joys, the sorrows, the highs, the lows, what's going on. Let's have a real human relationship. Right. And then you see them automatically start thinking um, in ways that they can benefit their neighbor in a shared experience. Right. And power in that framework can really shift. Yeah. That was beautifully put. Wow. Don't be a capital G. <laughs> yeah, don't be a capital G gentrifier. <laughs> Y'all know. Y'all know who you are. Uh, yeah. To, to wrap it up, Will, um, I really enjoyed this. Wow. Um, 
And if we had through two, three hours, we could go. But trust me, we can go. But uh, I want to bring it back to the listeners. How can they um, use maybe the power or resources that they have to support Corner to Corner? Or if they don't have power and yeah. seeking some type of entrepreneurial power. For sure. Uh, or have kids that need to boost their literacy in a fun way. Um, how yeah. can they be a part of that? What is the best way to get involved? Yeah, so if you want to start a business, if you're thinking about um, how to get that rolling, um, all you need is an idea and the ability to pay for the curriculum. We cover all the other costs, right? So go to theacademynashville.org to register on that side, right? Um, our next classes start in September. Um, so yeah, theacademynashville.org. Follow at Corner to Corner on Instagram, subscribe, YouTube, all that stuff. We have a lot of content that we put out. Um, and then if... Uh, and if you want to get your kid connected to Script to Screen, um, go to the website, cornertocorner.org, and you can find a way to sign up there. Um, we'd love to have you, your family, get connected. If you're in a position where you have some extra resources, um, click cornertocorner.org slash donate, right? Um, we are a community-based nonprofit. Over 60% of our fundraising dollars come from individuals. We don't exist without individuals. So, yeah, whether it's a dollar, five dollars, five hundred, whatever, um, yeah, kick in to the good of neighbor at cornercorner.org slash donate. Wow. Donate, hard money, soft money, time, whatever, donate, yeah, yeah. support. Will, um, I appreciate your time. I appreciate what you um, do for Nashville, how you build people in Nashville, in community, and just your, just your, just knowing your self-interest. Um, and, and using that in the best way possible and knowing your limitations. Uh, you're a blessing. I thank you. I hope you enjoyed the pizza. That oh, was great. Uh, Love the conversation. And I hope the listeners, I hope y'all really enjoyed this episode of Deep Dish Conversations. Make sure you check out Corner to Corner. Subscribe to all their platforms. Uh, reach out to Will. He's very accessible. Um, if you want to come talk to you, come on your platform. Uh, I don't think we can have too many wheels speaking on too many platforms for real, seriously. And he's a cool guy. This is like, and, and if you got pizza, he's definitely coming. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, coming. <laughs> I'm, I'm there for the cheese pizza. He's definitely cheese yeah. pizza. He's definitely cheese pizza. But uh, we appreciate y'all. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Will, thank you again, man. This has been. We're gonna talk more after this. Y'all ain't gonna. This is behind the scenes stuff. You ain't, ain't gonna get. <laughs> you might have to go to the corner, of the corner to get the extra stuff. Uh, yeah. But I appreciate you. Appreciate y'all for tuning in, and we out, man. All Appreciate right. it, Will. Thanks so much. Good, Will. Man, that was amazing.